Sheila and her mother lived in a neat mid-terrace house on Alexandra Road in the older part of Everham. Sheila had grown up there, leaving to go to London University from where she had returned, a qualified doctor, and had not left again. At Everham Park Hospital, greatly enlarged since its foundation as a war memorial after the First World War, and now a teaching hospital for nurses and midwives, she had completed six months as a house officer on both the surgical and medical wards, and had, by now, completed six months as houseman on the obstetrics and gynaecology team, which she enjoyed. Is that yourself, Sheila? Hello, Mother. She no longer used the name of Mum or Mummy. I'm on call tonight, so I thought I'd pop in to see you. Shall I put the kettle on? No, don't get up, I'll do it, and you sit down. Can you not stay for half an hour, girl? Afraid not. I went to Ben Maynard's funeral this afternoon and can't take any more time off today. In fact, Sheila's real reason for the quick visit was to check on her mother, who had been looking tired and pale lately. Bridget Hammond crossed herself automatically at the mention of a funeral. She was an Irish immigrant who had come over to Liverpool before the war to train as a nurse, but having given birth to Sheila, she had never gone back to her family in Donegal. Deserted by Jim Hammond, she had remained a strict Roman Catholic and had supported herself and her daughter by working as a hospital domestic during the war and later as an auxiliary nurse at Everham Park. Arthritis had forced her to give up work early and now at fifty she looked older and treated Sheila as if she were a schoolgirl instead of a professional woman of twenty-six refusing to take any medical advice from her on the grounds that she was in charge of her own health and, when necessary, consulted old Dr McGuinness, the semi-retired senior partner of four general practitioners, her only authority on medical matters. He prescribed iron tablets and painkillers and Bridget said that she needed no other treatment. Sheila had tried and failed to get her mother to see an orthopaedic surgeon. So did they give Mr Maynard a good send-off, girl? Yes, St Matthew's was packed. His wife looked strained and the two daughters took part in the service, one reading the lesson and the other giving the eulogy. God help the poor woman, Bridget sighed. If it had been at Our Lady of Pity now, I'd have asked ye to take me. Sheila did not reply. It was an unresolved issue between them that Sheila no longer attended church regularly and would only drive her mother the six miles to the convent if she happened to be free on a Sunday, and for most of her free weekends during the summer she had stayed with friends in the caravan at Netheridge on the other side of the Blackwater River. Bridget did not know that there was in fact only one friend, Paul Sykes, to whom Sheila had been unofficially engaged since the spring. It plagued Sheila's conscience from time to time, this telling of a downright lie to her mother but she considered it the lesser of two evils. If she ever told Bridget the truth, there would be endless trouble and their relationship perhaps permanently harmed. When she and Paul were free to announce their engagement and name a wedding day, that would be time enough to introduce him to her mother. Meanwhile, she reasoned, she spared Bridget deep distress and was immensely grateful to a kind Catholic couple who were willing to drive her mother to the 10am mass every Sunday. You still look pale, mother, she said, pouring out tea for them both. I hope you're remembering to take your iron tablets. 
I'll take anything Dr. McGuinness orders for me. Though they don't agree with me, I'll take them for sure. How do they disagree with you? Nothing you need to know about, girl. No, please, mother, I've a right to know. Are you getting any sort of discharge? There was a blood stain on the side of the toilet seat the other day. I didn't mention anything to yourself, Sheila, and I'll be seeing Dr. McGuinness next week. Her voice rose indignantly. And if you think I'm going to take down my drawers for you to interfere with me, you can think again, my girl. Sheila did not answer, but her heart gave a sudden lurch. She cursed herself for not being more alert to her mother's pallor and loss of weight and the bloodstain in the lavatory. She would have to get her mother to attend Mr. Kidd's gynae clinic as soon as possible. But how? The insistent beep, beep, beep of Sheila's bleeper could not be ignored, and she picked up the receiver.